welcome everybody. It's time once again for another edition of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you by West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Online Graduate Programs. Listen as we explore unique Marcom strategies that will help inform, persuade, and inspire your audiences with our dancing host who's making me laugh here this morning, Cindy Greenglass. Welcome, Cindy. Hi, Paul. I'm all excited and dancing because you're wearing a WVU hat. Because somebody actually sent me one here. I just came anonymously in the mail. I thought, well, how appropriate. And everywhere I go, I can't believe how many people stop me and say, hey, did you go to West Virginia University? I said, no, but I helped produce a show for them. Mountaineers are everywhere. The pioneering spirit moved west. <laughs> it did. It did. Well, I'm excited and dancing because you have with you today a guest from probably my favorite resort in Las Vegas. She doesn't know this, but whenever I go to Las Vegas, I always go to Mandalay Bay. I don't know why. It's just my go-to place. I like the restaurants. I like the layout. I like the vibe there. So I'm thrilled to meet somebody who's associated with that property here. Well, I'm sure Heidi Nizowitz, who is our guest, Director of Convention Services at Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, and she will be thrilled when we bring her on to hear that you've got a loyal guest you right got a loyal here. patron here. Yes, exactly. That's great. So, yes, we do have Heidi on our call today as our guest, Director of Convention Services, and in her current role, she's responsible for cultivating a high-performing team of convention services professionals. She's also responsible for handling many of the top convention and trade show clients by overseeing all aspects of their events. And like you, Paul, I've been to many events that have been hosted and housed at the Mandalay Bay, and that is a classy, well-run, fantastic location. And, and so Heidi and her team has done an amazing job. She's managed clients that have average attendance of 20,000 people on the entire campus. She's managed 2 million square feet of trade show and meeting space. This is a major operation, and uh, it's kind of like a military operation if you think about it. Heidi lives in Las Vegas. However, she originally is a native of Morgantown, West Virginia. And it's okay, Heidi, that you went to Marshall University <laughs> and that you didn't go to WVU. We'll excuse that. <laughs> uh, but we are very happy to welcome you in, Heidi, to our show. Hi, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. First of all, I love that you're a loyal Mandalay Bay customer. Come back and see us. We are open for business and I'll tell you what, probably some of the best experiences you'll ever have because it is a little quieter and if you like our beach, this would be the time to go because there's lots of room and could have a chair right by the water. So. That beach is fabulous. I got to say that that's the go-to place. If you want to just hang out and see and be seen, that's the beach right there at Mandalay Bay. For sure. I personally am a lazy river enthusiast. I like to just float around the river, but yes, and we are Marshall for sure, but I do love WVU. <laughs> you can't grow up in Morgantown and not be a fan of the Mountaineers and support the university. So I'm so excited to be part of the call. Thank you today for including me. Well, welcome, Heidi, and thank you for joining us. Um, so many of us have either had the good fortune to visit Las Vegas or, or aspire to visiting Las Vegas, and many of us professionally have attended conferences 
and events in Vegas or personally have gone to events and personal events and, and enjoyed the city and its vibrancy. And these are very interesting times for the city, very interesting time for meetings and conventions. And we're going to talk today about how to move forward when in-person meetings have been stopped by so many companies and, you know, how do you navigate during these very interesting and unique times. And if it's all right with you, I'd like to kick us off by starting and saying, how have you navigated through professionally with the Mandalay Bay and how do you move forward with in-person meetings safely? What are you recommending to your customers and your clients? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely uncharted territory and we're all kind of learning as we go. It's not something that there was a rule book on, but I think first and foremost, we've got to have communication, have to be talking to one another. We have to be asking questions and thinking differently than we've ever had to think before. So some of the things that we are focusing on health and safety, I think first and foremost, it is about health and safety right now. And how do we ensure people are safe when they come into venues and when they're attending events? And so we at Mandalay Bay and, and most of the venues in Las Vegas have created their own kind of health and safety plan. And I think that's a starting point. Like, make sure your employees are checking their temperatures and your available testing is readily available for your staff. And then ultimately, make sure your guests are able to answer questions and maybe their temperature checked when they arrive. I think, you know, that's just kind of the initial. And then from that, you kind of start thinking about the cleaning and the disinfecting of the property and ensuring that it is a safe environment. I know we've increased so many things for years in hotels and convention centers and venues around the country. Cleaning was always done at night when nobody was around. It was kind of like a hidden thing. Well, now it's out in the open and you see people cleaning and disinfecting everywhere all day long. So, you know, there's a shift in what's the new normal. So I definitely think that's kind of where you start. And then when it comes to the meetings, working with your customer base and talking to them about what makes sense. Is this a meeting that we need to be in person? And if so, how do we do that and where do we go? So I think that there's a lot of scenarios in anything. And and hybrid meetings are now a new thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be part of our future. (laughs) Let's talk about that. That's a very interesting development. We have seen the evolution of these hybrid learning environments, which is virtual learning embedded in live events or a combination of virtual and live. And how are you incorporating that virtual experience into your events? You know, I think it's something we're going to see for the next year, if not two years, really be a prominent part of any event. And so We have been working with our IT team and our AV folks to come up with a platform that works, that is user-friendly, and that is something that people can enjoy because the part, you have folks at home, you have folks here, and you want to make sure everybody can interact together. And so we've been coming up with ways to just make it a simple system. You know, at home, we're using Teams or maybe you're on Zoom. And so when you get into a meeting dynamic, it's got to be a much more sophisticated platform, and how do you make that to where the speakers can easily incorporate conversations between the folks at home and the ones in the room? Because part of the best thing with experiences in person is the brainstorming that comes with it and that sharing of ideas and meeting new people. So how do you get that feeling with half of the people in one place and half in another? And so we've done some really fun things. Our AV team is able to kind of 
be in the room and set up and kind of run it and take over so that speakers don't have to worry about that. I think that's the other thing, right? All of us are now tech savvy when we probably really aren't tech savvy. And so having people who know how to navigate the systems has been a huge help for us anyway. That's why we have Paul, because he's tech savvy, so we couldn't manage without Paul. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of like the first exposure, I guess, that came across to me was when we, you know, we watched the Oscars. Last night, I think they had the music awards where you have people virtual, and then you have people live, and they're in different venues, and, you know, you're trying to get this blended experience. How do you make it fun? I know that's kind of interesting. How are you trying to make it fun for your clients? So something we're doing and and we've started doing this and we're going to do something each month for the rest of the year. And what we have found that we've got a great response on is if you send something to people at home and then when you bring them online, they have a part of it, you have a part of it. And maybe it's a cooking demo or maybe it's a, makeup tutorial. You know, a lot of the meeting planners we work with are women and a lot of us that work within this company and in this convention dynamic are women. So we actually have one that's a healthcare, skincare, makeup, the first 50 customers that sign up. We're shipping them a bag of goodies, if you will. And then we're going to have a professional come on and talk through different skincare and how to keep your skin looking great. And then the makeup do's and don'ts with masks, lipstick isn't really as important, but how can we make our eyes pop? And so that's some things we're doing to engage with our customers, but have fun. We're going to do a cooking one, one that actually you can bring your kids and and get your kids involved. I was participating in a a webinar. It was like an eight-hour thing. And one of the sessions, they had rum sent out. And so like a rum mixed drink was sent and they were teaching people how to make the perfect mojito. And I thought that was a great thing, like easy enough, or even if you have the ingredients in your house. And then that's some ways that I think it breaks up, right? When you're doing online learning, especially, and you're going through classes, you do very easily kind of tune out and start looking at your phone or working on something else. But when you have some of these fun things sprinkled in, it kind of gets your focus back to it. Well, I would like to see how we can have a podcast virtual fun session, Paul, for WVU with Heidi. And I'm thinking mojitos sound like a great idea. <laughs> you think so? You think we could do that? All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to talk to the boss. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. I'd like to ask you about the careers in event management and event planning and what you see. Is this a good profession for young marketers and professionals to look into knowing that we have reduced physical events? Would you recommend it? And if you did, what type of background do you think would be helpful for young professionals who are interested in entering into the event management and planning? Yeah. So the first thing I would say to that is absolutely. It is an amazing industry and events impact so many different types of career paths. So yes, I think there's still futures in our world. I think one thing all of us have learned throughout this last seven months is we need human interaction. So meetings will be back. Meetings will be amazing. It may not be next year. It may be 22, but they're going to come back and they'll be better than ever because people now recognize how much they need that person-to-person connection. So I want to say that, yes, like it's still something that People can have so much fun. It is a fun 
thing to do to plan events. It is hard work. It is long hours. It is stressful. But watching events come to fruition, it's just this amazing feeling where you get to be part of something. And so for people who are passionate about it, they should do it. I think for backgrounds, you could do anything. I mean, I personally have an undergraduate degree in marketing and a master's in education, and I'm the director of convention services. And I will tell you, all my education has helped me get to where I'm at today by doing a lot of different things. There are programs out there in hospitality. I mean, there are schools that have hospitality programs. I think marketing is a huge background that will help you because when you look at an event, so much of it is getting people to your event. And so having that strong marketing background and knowing how to make it a win-win, like why are we holding the event? Is this an education event? Is this a sales launch? You know, what is it? And knowing how to market to the right people. So I think marketing is a good one. I personally think it's not so much about the education, but the person's drive to really want to get in there and do things and be part of it and have fun and be creative and use those skills in a way to bring something to life. I think that it would be a great profession and a wonderful career path. And we're going to take a very quick break while we think on that and let Paul give us a public service announcement. And when we get back, Heidi, I'd like to talk about how event planners can keep up with the changing guidelines and regulations from public health officials as we're, you know, it seems to change every day. So if you could give some thought to that, and we'll pick that up after the break. Okay, and while we tease you with that, let's tease you with some other ideas here as well. WVU's Integrate Conference, it's moved online, only makes sense. Everything else has. Marketing communications experts from a variety of industries are exploring how and what to say during this unprecedented global pandemic. You can view the schedule and tune into the live virtual sessions. Just write this down, integrate.wvu.edu. That's the West Virginia University's famous Integrate Conference. It's online this year, and you can find out all about it at integrate.wvu.edu. Okay, don't put your pen down because we got one more for you here. West Virginia University's new digital marketing communications master's degree program it's fully online as well and can be completed in one year. With built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and skills you need to reach audiences today on existing and emerging media, just what our guest was talking about here. Learn more at marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. That's marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. Okay, I'm stirring the mojito here. I'm ready for some more uh, wisdom. Can I ask, before you ask your question, can I ask a quick question here? And I think it ties into what you're asking, Cindy. And that is, when events come back, and they will, are they going to be permanently changed in some of the health things you're going to talk about here? Are they going to have permanent hand-washing stations and other sorts of things as part of their normal thing? And are they going to be more recorded and streamed as well? Do you think any of that will stick? Heidi? I do. I think all of it. (laughs) I think that one thing we've now learned is that you're right. Hand stations and sanitizer will be readily available. I think people will pay attention to their health a little bit more than they used to. So maybe if you are about to board a plane to go to a conference and you're not feeling well, you really might think about staying home. And because we now have gotten so much better at the ability to stream, 
you really won't have to miss everything. You can still participate. So I do think that we will have a, a kind of forever shift. And so that's okay. I think it's a good thing. And there is one constant at life. It's change. And so let's make it great once we get back and can have the 20,000-person conference again, because I'm ready. <laughs> and lots of mojitos. We have to have lots of mojitos. I always and like wine mojitos. and, yeah, yeah, all of it. <laughs> I'm ready. I think a lot of us are ready, and especially for our business and conventions, right? It's pretty hard. We can do the online and eight hours of Zoom or Google Hangouts just isn't a replacement for spending time with your peers. And so I know that we will all be anxious to get back into it when we can and when it's safe to do so. And so as we talk about when it's safe to do so, how are you and your peers, the event planners, keeping up with these changing guidelines, understanding what the regulations are and what you can and can't do. And it seems to be a constantly changing roadmap. It is. It is constant change. So I think the biggest thing is research, read, 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 and ask questions. So depending on the state you're in, the mandates are going to vary. And so you have to stay up on what's happening where your event is going to take place. And that means taking the time to do the research and Google and, and go to the state's website and understand what the gathering sizes are, are masks required all the time, you know, what are the things that you can do. I think it's important as an event planner that you really understand what your venue is doing. Set up calls, even if it's a weekly call, it could be for a 15-person meeting, but set up a weekly call with your venue to really like focus on what do we need to know? What are the things that we have to do? What kind of signage do we need to put out? What does the venue offer? You know, understand what the health and safety plan is for the venue and how do they check their staff? What are they doing from a cleanliness perspective? I think all of those things, you have to really put the time in to understand. Research the CDC website, the Event and Gathering Readiness and Planning Tool. There's a wonderful checklist that they have. Using that checklist to kind of just go through and like, oh, okay, I did this. Oh, okay, I did this. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Kind of pulling all those resources and then giving yourself like a running order of did this get covered? Did we cover this? And then you have to communicate it to your attendees because your attendees may not take the time to do this. And so as you're promoting the event as you're communicating what to do when you get to the event and using social media, if there's an app for it, if you have email for everyone, constantly communicating so they know what to expect when they arrive. Maybe they went to the same meeting, you know, last October. Well, this year it is going to be different. And so I think those are all the things that event organizers have to do and partner with their venues and their vendors. All of us have to kind of share our best of, you know, what's worked, what's not working, oh, we should probably do this kind of scenario. Yes, all of us, I'm sure, have a story to tell about where they were or the last event they attended before the initial shutdown with the pandemic. My last in-person in March, I was at a convention, at a conference, and while I was there, everything was being canceled around us. You know, we were all, as the attendees and people trying to decide, are we staying, are we going? And, and the event planners are trying to decide, do we stay, do we go? They were, you know, closing down all sorts of travel. 
And I was thinking, holy cow, it was like crisis management job. (laughs) It wasn't event planning. It was crisis management. And I do wonder, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but maybe you have a story you would like to share with us or a situational story that something you learned from the experience as it was rolling through as to how did you deal with the last minute cancellations that we all had to make these decisions about as these guidelines were coming out. And, you know, maybe you have a story you don't mind sharing about what you learned from one of your experiences. There's a couple things that come to mind. So the same as had an event that was set to happen. St. Patrick's Day was their first show day, which is when we basically shut the state down. And so they had made the decision to cancel their event, but it was two weeks out. So all of the show freight was already en route to Las Vegas. And it was Home Depot, and so Home Depot builds a store within our space. And so all of the freight was already in transit. So they still had to come out to get the freight and then reload the trucks and ship it back out. So all this is happening, like, and it's happening in real time, really fast, and making decisions, and how do we cancel the rooms, and how do we get this, and we still need this, and all the freight came, and, you know, the toilet paper and the paper towels were going off the shelves at rapid speed. They had all this toilet paper and paper towels that came in as part of the displays. And all the Home Depot folks were giving it out as tips to the vendors as a thank you. And I remember thinking, what in the world has happened? We're standing here giving out toilet paper as a thank you. It was the funniest kind of surreal moment as you're going through this process. And then, you know, the cancellations for all the events started to come in. And we wanted to be good partners and we wanted to work with our customers and we wanted to bring them back. So we tried to, as much as humanly possible, rebook them for the future. Like, okay, let's work with you. I know we can't hear, but what about in 2024 or 2025? I mean, we now have some bookings for 2029 because we are trying to keep the business in the future secure. And so... We wanted to be a partner with our customers. And at Mandalay Bay, we have 70% of our business is repeat business. And so how do we get through this together? And that's kind of just been the focus. And it's been an emotional journey, right? Like some weeks you have all this great news and, you know, you have things coming and then the next week you lose business. And so I feel that we've all been on a roller coaster since March I'm ready to get off. (laughs) (laughs) Me as well. And also to think positively and think of the future. I think we're all trying to put our face to the sun and look to the future and think positively that we've learned a lot through this journey. Some things we will learn and hold on to forever. And and some things we hope will go back to a different kind of normal. So before we end our conversation here, Heidi, I'd like to give you just a couple of minutes if you'd like to share with our audience any last words about where you think they should focus if i want to have an event and i want to come to vegas what are the first three things i should think about so that i can come and do an event at mandalay bay i think the first thing is where are your attendees coming from and when they return home are they going to have to quarantine so i think first and foremost can your folks come out here and then go back and are they going to be allowed to go back into their normal vibes Hopefully that won't continue forever. That's one that will end soon, but that's a real concern. The next part is, you know, we can have groups up to 250. And I think that we were at 50 for a long time, but now we're at 250. So 
that is a good sign. And 250, that doesn't include the hotel staff, that doesn't include speakers. So you really are able to bring 250 guests. And with that, we have a lot of venues that are capable of holding those events. And so where that just kind of boils down to what's the thing that you're trying to accomplish and what are the amenities that you want? Because things are still closed. Not everything is running at 100% capacity like restaurants. Where can you go and get your 250 people to have the best experience possible? And then what are the venues doing to help your event be safe? And so we really should all partner together and have good signage and make sure we're clearly stating what the expectations are, and then do you need to be in your mask all the time, and how are you communicating that? So I think those are really the things that you have to do. Research what the state mandates are, spend some time really understanding what they mean. Do you need six feet between every single person, and that can the room hold that? So as you're booking a space, can the room truly fit what you're trying to accomplish? So. Those are some things. I feel like that's more than three, but. <laughs> that's great. Well, no, thank you, Heidi, for sharing your expertise with us. All of you out there that are in event planning, contact Heidi and have your event at the Mandalay Bay. If you don't, we hope that you will take her advice and work with your event planners to make it a safe and positive event in the future. And Heidi, thank you for sharing your expertise and your time with us today. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.